about uh, finding our Juliet, but I'll tell you, this song by Taylor Swift, and uh, it's a classic song, but an Alex Garrett podcasting Sunday pod, finding this burst of energy to talk tonight for a little bit. Um, that song has actually become an incredible trend on TikTok, and I want to thank my friend Mr. NYC Subway for inspiring me to become more creative. And you got to check out the video, Alex G in NYC on TikTok. And I really was uh, dancing today because in my viewpoint, we should dance for ADA 30, the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We should dance for being alive during a pandemic and surviving it the best we can right now, those who are alive. We also should honor those who have passed away and live in their memory and have, yes, have fun in their memory as well. And so I felt really compelled to do that uh, trend today. It's, it's got to put a camera on the wheels and then dance toward it. I, of course, put on my wheels of uh, one and just did a spin move and a couple other moves, and I had a lot of fun with it. So thank you, Mr. NYC Subway, for that inspo to adjoin TikTok altogether. I think it's really um, grown me up a bit uh, content-wise. And it's just so interesting how today turned out. I don't know if you know this, but I was in a doldrum type of mood at least Friday night. Feeling like my body was truly wearing down a little bit more than I wanted it to. And then I had some other issues. And then my... One of my radio, my media mentors, Regis Philbin, passes away yesterday at the age of 88. And then today, it just continued, this whirlwind of emotion. Um, thinking that I, looking back, wish I was more involved with the ADA community and more involved promoting the ADA. I mean, let's be honest. Today, six years ago on Humans of New York, I didn't even put together what Brandon Stanton did on on July 26th beyond just posting this picture and saying, I'd stop you one day and thank God for him for doing that. It's, it's amazing he did that and took the time to do it uh, in that spirit of capturing that essence, I guess, I bring to New York City. But back then, I had no clue, actually, when the ADA was. Of course, I knew it was in existence. Of course, we'd celebrate Queens College and here and there. But six years later, understanding the ma magnitude that having that moment on ADA for someone who really didn't relate as hard to the disability community, because I really was off on doing my own things a lot of the time, still am, but truly not embracing the fact that because I never have felt disabled. But the fact that I'm in a community that can be marginalized, that can have stigma to it. And over the years, I've kind of matured to say, you know what? Let's smash that stigma. Let's show the world 
that we are not just disabled, but we have personalities. We are not just someone that could be a health risk, but really someone who wants to empower themselves. So from six years to now, I found a lot of people and recognized how many people in that community are truly empowered, like Danny Boyce, like Kate Wigwikowski, a fellow colleague at HVS, Joe Salonica, uh, the kids that every year participate in the Nassau County Victory Challenge, Games for Physically Challenged, those who have the drive are, are those who I really relate to in the community, and it's those people that do march up Fifth Avenue for Disability Pride Parade. But I guess what started to really turn me away from my disability was when people would say, you know, you can really utilize this to your advantage. Well, that's the problem. I don't feel I have to, I don't feel the need to utilize anything to my advantage. I just am. I just am being on July 26th. I am honoring Dr. Viscardi because I realize and I know, I've known this for years, how many, how much went into planning the ADA with Dr. Viscardi's help. It wasn't just um, a lot of them once a year. No, every year on ADA duty, I believe, since I started to become more aware of it, I've said Dr. Viscardi is a main reason for this. He's a main reason why the disabled community is empowered today. And we miss him. We really, really miss him. We do. Dr. V, we miss you, and we hope that the ADA that you envisioned is the one that we act upon in today's world. I do not want to see the ADA become weaponized, but I do believe it is huge for those to keep fighting for rights to be acknowledged here in this country that are disabled. Pre-existing conditions are real. And maybe you disagree, but I think in some way or another, whether we end up in, in disability form or we are born with a disability, somehow, some way, God has made us in his total image he wanted us to be for this time. I truly believe that, and I feel that. And so I thank God for opening my eyes to realize that, yes, I may rollerblade and I may have friends that are active and one was in the State Department for a while, but we still have a fight on our hands to become normalized. We have to go from being stigmatized to normalized. We have to go from, my disability sucks, what am I going to do about it, to, yes, I have the disability, but let's kick ass with it. That's the message we have to say tonight on the 30th anniversary of the ADA, which was signed into law, by the way, by George H.W. Bush, a Republican, I remind you. And that's my message tonight. Don't feel like your disability is the end of the world. Feel like it has made you unique. It has made you something different. It has made you who you are, a survivor, a fighter, an inspiration. And I mean those around me that are dealing with so much and are surviving. 62 surgeries with Dandy Boyce. Are you kidding me? That's miraculous. 
Max Gold, my buddy. All these stories just show that there are empowering stories in the community. Instead, unfortunately, we do get in the media highlights of people who have fake disability, of trans ability. People wake up one day and say, I want to remove a leg because I feel disabled. And they want to be transable. That is insanity. It takes away from the actual community's fight to be recognized every day possible. And so those who are transabled, those, those who want to become disabled, I say, rethink that. Rethink that right now. Those who jump on disability because they may have hurt one instance, don't milk that instance. Get back to feeling good to work so that people who truly cannot function as well without disability can get it. I do not want to see people who feel this community is their safe space to act disabled, to feel like their disability can set them back forever, when maybe it, it won't. It just takes away from the benefits and the message to the world that already does, um, right? They stigmatize. That's just the honest truth. And not my world. This is the, the other part, is that almost everywhere in my life anyway, I have not felt the hardship of being disabled because I've, I've been able to not think about it. But as I get older, and that, I know, 8 to 12, 13-year-old charm wears out. And maybe this stick of rollerblading, maybe that rollerblading that I do, which is necessary, by the way, but I, I start to wonder how, whether I'm still doing it because I genuinely need to. I genuinely need to, believe me, and it's fun. And it shouldn't be looked at as a stick or a gimmick. It's a real thing that I do. But what my point is that one of my professors in college once told me that I will not be able to skate on my charm. Charm, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I won't be able to coast and skate through life. And if the last six years since Humanism in New York has taught me that, it's that. I thought... I can navigate relationships well the last six years. I thought I could navigate through life at work well by not writing anything down. Boy, was that a mistake. I thought because I was feeling life, I could, I could do life so much like at the, you know, uh, snap of the finger. But as I get older, I realize, no, it works. It's work. It takes work. It takes notes upon notes. It takes time after time. It takes uh, handling rejection or not getting discouraged at the first try of 
booking a guest for radio or booking a guest for the podcast. There's just so much more to this than really coasting. And also the last six years, I've been more cognizant of the pain I tend to go through. I'm wanting to fix that pain. And then I see people fixing their pain within the disabled community and working to live on in truly the memory of those who have gone before us. That's really a choke-up worthy moment to know that we have a community that's suffered loss and yet here we are by God's design to carry on those memories, those legacies of Dr. V, Scotty Pollock and all of those we have tragically lost in this community. It is like a huge family and sometimes that family splits off or sometimes we bond together and on this ADA day, I hope we can bond together more. I hope we don't let our disability define us. This is the other thing I've been grappling with for years. Have you ever had something that you had going on, but you said, I'm not going to let the world define me in this way? And to know that there are those out there who take the able ride, who don't let their disability define themselves. It's up to us to tell others who feel like they, uh, who, who may be letting their disability dictate their life. Let's not have the disability dictate our lives. One of my favorite things to say is, I have Vader syndrome, I have a disability, I have certain things, but those certain things don't have me. And if we can impart that more so to the community at large, if we cannot have a disabled man target 50 businesses, be reported by the New York Post as someone who was tricking businesses and suing them, weaponizing the ADA, if we can get rid of those people from the community who truly don't represent what this fight is about. What this fight that Dr. Viscardi made it about in 1952 when he gave amputees a chance to survive, a chance to work after the war. He didn't want anybody to feel bad for themselves because they have a disability. That's just the honest truth. And are we going to make that decision tonight? Or are we going to continue, as Danny has seen in, in some of his groups, I guess, to wallow in it? Because wallowing won't move us forward. And all that I've seen in my dealings with the disabled community, the games for physically challenged, Viscardi, it was about moving us forward.
It was never about, oh, you know what? You have something you can't run. No, you have something we're going to help you run. We're going to help you adapt to run. You have breathing issues? Sorry, you can't compete. No, no, no. You are going to come to these games and have the best time of your life, even if you have a trach, a respirator. You're going to be able to enjoy your time in this environment. We'll make sure of it. And then there's some predestination feeling I've been feeling tonight. The whole day. Because I realized Dr. Howard Rusk, I, I never knew the name of the, the, the namesake behind Rusk Institute where I happened to go to um, preschool. But Dr. Howard Rusk was a rehabilitative Sorry, let me just look this up here. There we go. Dr. Rusk was a prominent physician and founder of the Rusk Institute of Rehab Meditation. He's considered the founder of rehab medicine. After the war, Dr. Rusk tried to establish a rehabilitation with Washington University. However, in December 1945, Rusk moved to New York City, accepting an offer from New York University to establish a Department of Rehab and Physical Medicine. And that was later called the Rusk Institute. And he worked with Dr. Viscardi. And so maybe it's a sign that all of our journeys are predestined. We just don't know it until later in life. And how do we deal with it knowing that we might have had predestined events and places? How can we use that knowledge? as we work to create our own destiny, whether in or out of the disabled community. How can we use that idea that we have all predestined paths and that we just can't stray on them? So do we follow God's intuition that he puts in us and let him manifest our destiny? By just somehow taking his cues and signs. This podcast alone. God has put so many different things on my lap. More than just covering opening weekend of baseball. Though I'm very happy the Yanks won. This is beyond that. Yanks won two out of three. This is beyond that against the Nationals. This is beyond that. This is... Something more powerful. Something more educational for me to learn. And hopefully what I impart to you is, is educational as well.
And so, 30 years, I, and this is the coolest part to me. I hope Dr. V, I know he is, is looking down and smiling at the fact that the ADA has survived for 30 years in this country. Has empowered people to fight for rights when they felt necessary. I mean, that's something kick-ass. And I wanted to cite another thing from Danny. Sorry. By a group called Dance for All Bodies. They say, being disabled is a result of how our society is organized, which is a world with institutions, policies, and attitudes that only fit non-disabled people. Stigmas that do exclude many disabled from the workforce. And the key to not being excluded is to not say, oh, I have a disability, hire me. No, no, no. It's you earn it on merit, whoever you are. That's how a company, because EEOC, Equal Opportunity Employer, is real. But that doesn't mean they have the right, I mean, the requirement to hire a disabled person just because of a quota. It means... How can we empower ourselves first to walk into an office and say, yes, I want to take this job. I am capable of it. Ask yourselves that question tonight before you go to sleep if you do feel doubtful. They said in the era of colonization, people with disabilities were seen as individuals with impairments and were expressly hidden from the public. That's sort of, I feel, still something that goes on today in third world countries. And in a way, could still be happening here. 20% are hired in the workforce. 19 officially, but, you know, round that up 20. Let's get that number up from this ADA to next ADA. Let's gather the troops and show employees, yes, the disabled community can and should be hired. And I have a thought on the community in just a second. Um, but while I'm on this thought, There were creations of things called the ugly laws. The ugly laws. 
which criminalized poor and disabled people who appeared in public and existed well into the 19, the 1970s. I've got to look that up. And my other thought is, if we're going to be part of society and want that fight to be society uh, in society, let's not knock on the glass of a bus driver's door and say, hey, I got to sit down here, I'm disabled. Let's not make a big scene, because the more that happens the more the stigma continues. Now, is it insane when I do see people just sitting down and others are standing up that are disabled? Yeah, but you know what? Why would we fight that? To be in society and to be accepted by society is to accept society's flaws. Is to accept the fact that some people are just self-aware of themselves and nothing around us. That we can't control that. We can control our attitude toward it. While it may rile us up, do you really think we can smash a stigma by saying, hey, asshole, get up? No, we can't smash that. Sigma by doing it that way. We just be. We just flow. I mean, personally, I get tired of feeling like I'm in a what would you do episode. Don't look at me. If you're going to look at me and you don't get up, that's whatever. But then don't keep staring. Oh, how's he standing? Well, I'm standing just fine, to be honest. Believe it or not, and what drove me to talk about this is I have seen it. I've seen on buses. I've seen on public transportation. Well, you know, it says on the sign there, disabled people get the seat. Well, yes, that is true. But how far are you going to push the issue? Seriously. How far are you going to push the issue? To the point where you're hated even more for using your disability as a way to interrupt things? And I think that's where my frustration has been. We shouldn't use our disability to not work. Only in cases that really can't work should that be the case. But if we can work, if we can contribute to society, then the ADA truly is empowering. Because that would mean we are Americans with disabilities. And furthermore, we will not let our disability define us.
And so I hope you spent your ADA well. And I'm very, um... I'm very dedicated to trying and doing what's right for... Oh, and that, this is the other thing. We want to be Americans. We must do what's also right for America. We must also fight for what is right for America. And it does get political. But when you have other sectors being prioritized over the disabled community, I think then we have to say, hmm, how is it that someone who may be perfectly fine, I remind you, be able to collect Medicaid because they are making just below what they need to. Meanwhile, a family that really needs Medicaid may not be able to get it. And how is it we can support a governor that cuts, uh, you know, mental health programs that even cut the games for the physically challenged? How can we support him in all of this? I, I don't get it. Yet, the man who mocks a disabled reporter is the evil one. Well, sure, I don't want pre-existing conditions cut. But don't just focus on him. Focus on why our mental health programs were cut. Focus on why those games were cut. Focus on certain things on both sides of the aisle. We cannot be making America better by focusing on what our community only needs or what any minority community needs. We can be better when we focus on the whole of what our country needs to be within the country. And I also gotta say, to be only self-aware of what you're going through within the community should not make it like you should also focus on what your peers are going through in every sector of society there is narcissism and I think it exists in this in this community as well and we gotta get rid of it Narcissism, well, your disability is less than mine, or I'm doing better than you with mine. It's like, just uplift each other in this community. Because the uplift is what will bring us further along in our goals. Which on ADA 30 seems to be keeping the goals going and increasing and getting better. And not just uh, 
focusing on our needs only. And then finally, once again, Brandon Stanton, Humans of New York, six years ago, you've helped me realize, just by this memory coming up every year, you've helped me realize how massive sharing it on the ADA date really does feel. And now, it's time to stop wallowing and start going and going and going further with the empowerment of Americans with disabilities on this, the 30th anniversary. Have a great night. I highly encourage you to watch this documentary on Dr. Viscardi. It was Emmy Award winning, by the way. And I'm going to share the link now with you guys and you can be able to watch it and tell me what you think alex.garrett21 at yahoo.com alex.garrett g-a-r-r-e-t-t -T, 21 at yahoo.com our work's not done we wake at dawn but let's also remember 30 years is pretty darn good and figure out the reasons why it lasted who's continued to honor it to the best they can. And learn from those people. I'm Alex Garrett. Have a great night.